Hi, welcome to Our Unusual Life. This is a bonus episode. This is introducing you to Bill, my dad. We refer to him as dad. Technically, he's stepdad, but he's dad to us, as I've told you before. And hi, dad. Hi. Welcome to the podcast. This is your first, technically your first introduction. Um, And I think it's important because obviously you came into our lives once mom moved to Idaho and I know there was some going back and forth while you guys were getting to know each other and stuff, but I think it's really interesting, and I do think that um, it would help for people to understand where you came from and kind of your story prior to, you know, moving up to the land and building a log cabin with us. Um, And so you're from Wichita and grew up in Wichita. And my short version is that I I say you were – you and your you were the Kansas boys like that's kind of you and your the group of um, people I guess men that you were with you kind of all moved up to northern Idaho you actually lived in Clarkia basically Fernwood Fernwood. I just want to introduce you and the process of moving to Idaho and what brought you there and well it'll it's certainly involved, but I'll do my best to keep it Just short. It, yes. Technically, for this one, techni- it'll be shorter than longer, but yes. <laughs> te- technically speaking, we weren't from Fernwood. We are from Little Carpenter Creek, and there was a whole community there, but that's jumping ahead. So let me backtrack. Let's yeah. go to, like, um, back in Kansas, Kansas University, 1970. A bunch of us guys were sitting around just dreaming about how we could – just do something unique with our lives. There was a whole counterculture movement going on in that time in the 70s. You had women's movements, you had racial movements, you had Vietnam, you had the draft, you had all this going on. And and a lot of people, not just myself, but a lot of people were looking for just an alternative. They wanted some freedom. Um, The high schools had dress codes up until 1969. You couldn't have facial hair. You had to have your shirt tails tucked in. So and uh, so oh, we felt right. that we we felt that we just needed to break away. And so a lot of us did that. And we decided the six of us, the Kansas boys, we were going to go up to British Columbia and uh, live in the wilderness. I mean, we had no idea what that meant, but it sure sounded good. So we did it. We it. We packed up the stuff. Uh, we headed out. We got to Idaho, headed up right up to Canada, and uh, we were met at the border, and they said, what are your intentions in coming into Canada? And we said, well, we're, we're just interested in uh, vacationing. And they looked at all the stuff that we had, all the chainsaws and all the equipment, and they said, we're not convinced that you're coming here just to visit. And so they wouldn't wow. let us in. Okay. Because of all because of all the draft dodging that had taken place prior to that, they didn't want us in because there were so many um, Americans that were going and staying to avoid the Vietnam draft. Absolutely. So they wouldn't let us in. And we said, okay, but Idaho looked pretty nice. So we bought five acres all together, and it so was really I've, fun. I have a question. So when you decided you were going to have to stay in Idaho, how did you – did you all – know about Idaho at all before you landed there or was it okay we can't get into Canada we're in this region and did you look at a map and kind of pick a spot or how did you end up in such a remote spot in Idaho northern Idaho 
Well, uh, yeah, I knew Idaho had potatoes. That's what I knew about Idaho. Right. But I didn't have any idea it had the wilderness, and I didn't realize it had so much public land until we came over the divide from Montana, and we went, oh, my gosh, this is beautiful. This was like heaven. And me com- coming from f- the flatlands of Kansas, we'd been to the Colorado Rockies before, but this was just something different. So we got a magazine. Oh. We went into Court, court Lane, got a magazine. It was like Field and Stream, and there was an advertisement for some land in uh, outside of Fernwood, Idaho. So we met with this guy and bought five acres, and there we were. We started building a log cabin, which none of us had any idea what we were doing. Uh, the local people, they weren't really happy about having hippies move into the area, but right. we weren't the only hippies. There was... There was a lot of long hair people for different reasons. <laughs> so that's really interesting that you found that in a magazine. So so you and the Kansas boys are building what we call the big cabin. So in our life, we would refer to our cabin as the cabin. The big cabin was this amazing, beautiful, I mean, you could, I mean, it was in my mind, it was just this huge beautiful cabin so we refer to that as the big cabin that you built all together with your group of friends and then you built your own cabin off that a little bit into the woods I don't think anybody else built a cabin right just you well the the, here's the story our intention was to build this large log cabin so we had we had fell all the trees, peeled the bark, treated it, so we had all the logs laying there and the foundation. But then it came to be set about August, and three of these guys decided, "Well, that was fun. We're going to go back to uh, we're going to go back to Kansas." And uh, one was in a rock band, and the other one wanted to see his girlfriend. Another one just decided he'd go back and go to school. So they kind of like uh, left this pipe dream. So there's three uh-huh. of us that were left. Okay. And. And so I said, well, I'm, I'm staying. So I went and right away built a one-room shack because my intention was to stay there. And, right. uh, then, and then another person just built a cardboard – cardboard. it was actually <laughs> plywood shack, a plywood shack on top of the foundation of the big cabin. And then the, uh, the third person, he found a place to stay. And we, we wintered, and then really two of us – Spent the next two years finishing the big cabin. Did the fi- yeah, did the fireplace and all the way and put the roof on. And I will state for the record, I didn't spend one night in that cabin ever. You had to your this little day, cabin. <laughs> right? To this day, I never spent one night in that cabin that I helped. So three why did years you? Building. Why did you guys finish it? Because that was we already had the logs all cut. It turned out to be sort of a an excuse for p- our friends back in Kansas to go into the wilderness of Idaho and visit their Kansas buddies. Uh-huh. So we had a, a lot of company that uh-huh. would visit us from, from Kansas. Okay. And sometimes they'd help, and some most of the time it was just a party. But we got it done. We got it all built. So that's the big cabin and little cabin. Your little cabin was an was an A-frame style, right? With a little no. porch. Or, it, oh, it wasn't. Okay, for some reason it was I just feel like a, it was. Just a regular box with a sleeping loft. It was small. 12, a little porch. About 12, 12 by 12, I think. I told somebody once they didn't believe me that you carved a bathtub out of a tree trunk, a section of tree. Yeah. 
Yeah, which I I wish I kind of always wish we had up at our cabin, but we didn't. (laughs) Uh, Yeah, and and I I'd seen this before. We there is a great big piece of old tamarack, and so I carved it out, and people would use you know would carve out canoes right with uh, you know logs like that. But I'd seen this done before. And then uh, I, w- I would heat some water with a big 55-gallon drum, and right, I had yeah. a hand a- hand pump, and I'd pump it up into the into that great big well wooden bathtub and yeah. sit out on the porch. And that's amazing. It, I guess it it was a jacuzzi, but it wasn't. <laughs> <laughs> it was a little rustic for a jacuzzi, but the same idea. Oh, you and I have talked before in length about this process of you, like your journey of moving from from Wichita and and kind of the process of meeting mom and stuff. And so I know the the extended version, but for this introduction, I just was thinking it would be nice for you to talk about a little bit about where you were when you met mom and kind of the process of meeting her and starting to realize that you wanted to be with her and be a parent to us. Well, little known to a lot of people is my intent in staying in that log cabin was was disillusionment with with life in general i mean we were going through these really turbulent times socially and culturally and it just life would just for a lot of us didn't make sense so this back to the earth movement was for a lot of people just to kind of make sense of the life and for me it was like i i was dead set on finding god whoever he was or whatever he was so I invested a lot of my energy in that cabin, staying alone and meditating and, and reading different spiritual books. And religion was, I hated going to church. I, I don't, a lot of people just never like going to church, mm-hmm. but that was part of what you did in the Bible Belt of Kansas. Okay. Everybody went to church on Sunday. That was just what you did. And I just rebelled. I just did not like it. It just mm-hmm. didn't suit me. I was after a spiritual connection, not a religious okay. connection. That and so sense. through my searching, and I, w- I was really searching, and I think that's the key. Mm-hmm. You have to want to know. And uh, like I said, a long story short, I found what I was looking for, and it was, uh, it was good. And then to tie it together with Kathy, Kathy was at that same point in life that I was. She had just recently recognized what had been missing in her life uh, in a spiritual sense, and that's what we shared. And then that's really what drew us together because logically there is no way I was going to marry somebody with two kids. That just didn't fit into my schema at all for life. I was Wild Bill. You know, I was <laughs> I was just – I was going to do wild things – I was sensitive to the leading of uh, God's spirit, and he said, this is this is it. And I looked at you guys, and I looked at Kathy, and I said, doesn't make sense, but you're right. It just felt in my heart that this is where I needed to be. And so— Did you guys go to hit, church in—did you guys start going to church in Santa or Fernwood? I don't know if there's a church there or not. Or was it just something you you guys talked about by yourselves? Well, we were working our way through it. We had Bible studies. Uh, she had Bible studies in Sanders Road, and I was doing some Bible studies with some of our neighbors in, in the Fernwood area, Carpenter Creek. Then we eventually started attending church. We started out with just home studies, which is really what the church is. It's not a right. building. Right. It's just believers that get together, and so we 
Right. You know, we were going to church, but we weren't going to the formalized church yet. Sure. But we ended up doing we ended up doing that. Do you remember kind of I mean, just how was it like how how was it all of a sudden being a dad to two little kids? Were we just really well behaved or something because mom has not said we were any trouble? Like, were we just not any trouble ever? Well, your 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 mom was was really a strong spirit, but at the same time, she she was she was sort of in over her head where she was living. In my opinion, there was more men than there were women, and so there was some men that were interested in her that I didn't think were good people. Yeah, and so I was, you know, I was sort of like I was really drawn to her, and yeah. I just wanted wanted to uh it's, it's you can't put it into words because it's really kind of beyond where i could i could find some romantic things to say but yeah really it was just right it just felt right and it turned out to be right like i said you know we were building a cabin and a relationship at the same time yeah had it not had it not been for the cabin who's to say right you know right but it just worked out and then the other big thing about you in particular is that you um, were a firefighter and then became a smoke jumper eventually, and you were a smoke jumper for a long time, and that's a big part of your life when we lived there in particular. Um, and so when had you started fighting fires after you moved to Idaho, or had you been doing that before? Well, th there's an interesting side. It's not even a side story. It's a real story. The owner of the Fernwood store, Butch Isaac, well, yeah, Butch. Butch. <laughs> Everybody knows who he is. He's yeah. he's long deceased, but uh, he took a liking to these Kansas boys for some reason, and he literally there's six of us. He literally found every one of us a job in the area. That's amazing. And, and I was working at Cedar Mills to begin with, but then eventually I landed a job, which he helped me find, uh, landed a job with the district fire crew at, outside of Clarkia. Oh, and then okay. that just start, And then that just started uh, 19 seasons of yeah. a profession. And was it something that you enjoyed in the beginning or was it work in the beginning? Like, was it more a paycheck or did you find that you enjoyed it? Firefighting. Well, well, here's somebody that's paying you to drive around in the woods and do a, a variety of different things from slashing, uh, planting trees, you know, do, just being invested in the environment. So, like, they're paying us to do this. This is, like, really fun. And so then the firefighting was like, oh, you're going to fly us to different parts of the United States and pay us and pay us time and a half and time and three quarters and you're going to feed us and so we could save money and so in a short amount of time in three month period you can do quite well yeah uh the, the only problem was which turned out to be a big problem is being gone so much right. right and then i have totally random questions that i've already asked mom what did you eat on a regular basis when you lived in the small cabin mostly grains like soybeans and rice and lentils I uh, tried to eat healthy, just tried to change the diet that I had, you know, no longer cheeseburgers and french fries and milkshakes, trying to just really become more healthy and more aware of uh, just everything, how I treated myself, how I responded to the world and nature. You know, it was a real transformation. It was a real change. And so that was it. That was the diet pretty Did much. Did you and start baking. fishing? We, 
fishing, probably? A, li a little bit, but we all baked, too. Okay. So That's what I was going to ask. Own, yeah, baked our own bread and, and cinnamon rolls, and it was fun. And then did you have a car or vehicle at that point to, like, get around, or did you use, Most like, the time. company trucks Most or something? Most of the time, but you had to have a pickup truck. But I knew that there was, there was a time when I didn't have any transportation, and I was working at the Garnet Mill in Fernwood. And that was, oh, I don't know, it's three miles maybe, four miles, I can't remember. But what I do is it was a night shift. So I'd, I'd walk across this field, and I'd catch the school bus oh into God. town. That's they drop some they dropped some kids off. And, of course, she wasn't supposed to do that, but this is Fernwood, Idaho. She, did, she right. didn't care. Right. So, yeah. she, so she'd pick me up and take me to work, but I'd have to walk back in the dark. And it was, it was cold. Sometimes it was like 18 below. But, uh, yeah, I didn't have a car then. <laughs> and then my last question is, did you call home a lot or write home or when you were well, living there? Well, not – not really. No, there was not really much contact with the family back home. They thought I'd kind of like lost my mind. My dad, he couldn't compute that this was a life. You know, in his world, he spent 25 years doing the same job, living in the same house. Right. And so for, for his son to just venture off into Never Never Land. But then when he came out to visit us years later, he said, oh, now I get it. It is really incredible that the grandparents came out and visited as much as they they could, and they did. It must have been crazy for them to think about that. So it's I've always thought that it um, it was great that they did come and visit as much as they did. They did. They yeah. were they were interested in, and then they became fascinated. Yeah. Because they they understood they saw that we weren't just retreating, that we were actually carving a life for ourselves. Yeah. And having a garden and, and, you know, you guys were well, well kept, well clothed. You know, right. there was nothing. We, we didn't ever think we were poor. Right. We didn't yeah. have we didn't have money, but we weren't poor. Right. Exactly. Well, and I know I mean, the stories will continue. And I know your your story is definitely way more involved than this. But this is just kind of an introduction um, to kind of get to know you a little bit more and how you also ended up in Idaho because you both kind of made this like really big decision to move out into and just happen to be in the same area and met each other and and I think it's been 41 years now maybe since you've been married. So, 41? That's good enough probably. <laughs> a little bit longer <laughs> since you've been together so I do appreciate you telling me your story as well and I'm excited to just hear more about your story of when you would go away on fires and be, be leaving us you know I mean it was one thing t for us to be leaving every day on our horses down the side of the mountain but for you to be really far away and probably stressful at times and stuff too so well it's good that it's good that you're doing this because you 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 probably remember I interviewed my grandmother when she was 84 and I was, it's a wealth of information I would have lost had yeah. I not done that because there's nobody. There's nobody that I can ask about anything now because all my relatives are dead, my parents, right. my sister. And there's just no, no right. information of history. So you're doing it right. You're getting the yeah. information now. I appreciate it, and I love you, and thank you for sitting with me today. Well, I love you. Job well done. Thanks. <laughs>